Welcome to another episode of Optional Skate Blues, our podcast where we talk hockey and focus on the St. Louis Blues. I'm Mike, here with Eric. Let's go Blues. And it's Tuesday, October 26th, and we're going to take a look at the results of the first week of the new NHL season, and we'll react and probably overreact to uh, the state (laughs) of the Blues after only one week of games. So, uh, how was your week, buddy? Overall, uh... It was uh, it was pretty busy, a lot going on in a lot of different areas. Um, the uh, the big thing was that I found out that that Eureka Springs new listener that we had talked about earlier is not actually a friend of uh, of our buddy John Prang. So whoever the Eureka Springs listener uh, ship is that is not John, um, do yourself a favor and head to the Holiday Island golf course and asked to speak to their golf superintendent and you will meet a dear friend of both Mike and mine and probably get a good uh, good round of golf in too there at uh, Holiday Island. So yeah, man, other than that, it's just been just busy, busy, busy in, in all areas of life, but had plenty of time to sit down and check out some blues hockey. What about you, man? Yeah. Do you think it's an enemy of John, maybe? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> keep your friends close and enemies closer. That's right. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Listen to the uh, same podcast, kind of yeah, feel yeah, what gonna, he's feeling. Uh, yeah. Going to learn all about this son of a bitch. Uh, I really, really hope so. And you just told him where he works. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're... John, man, watch your watch your six when you're out on the golf course with Ozark, man. Yeah. Have that ninja socks on, right? <laughs> Always. Uh, yeah, I had a weird week. Uh, my my phone got stolen, prob- probably at work. Sadly, yeah. Uh, right as I went on vacation, so uh, it was kind of nice to be uh, totally disconnected for a while, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just just got the new one, so that that's good. Uh, but yeah, tried to relax on vacation, and uh, yeah. I, I'm actually in the process of uh, quitting my job. So, um, gonna look to start my own business restaurant, and just uh, don't want to do this Christmas festival. That's for sure. So, I'm really hey. pumped for you, man. I, I. There are very few people who I know whenever I say that you can, I am 100% certain that you can do it and that I am 100% sure you can find success and, and you're it, man, for, for your culinary expertise, for your desire, for your will, for all the things that your earlier jobs have ever taught you, man. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for you. Well, I appreciate the kind words, and uh, I've heard similar from other people, so it's there you go. Been, been heartening for sure. So good, man. Yeah. Uh, when's the? Do you have a day circled? Are you? Uh, this is this is the last day at uh, the garden, or? I think that the uh, yeah the twelfth will be my last day with the November. Garden, so yeah. That's but uh that frees me up for emotions uh, man yeah <laughs> frees me up for december 4th i believe so that'll be Holler. good news hey florida let's uh let's check out a panthers game potentially with or without joel quinville but we'll yeah we'll, we'll hit on that here in a bit yeah well it'll be a good good uh i think they're still undefeated even after tonight so they, they have a heck of a team 
down there right now too. Sure, sure. Yeah. Spencer Knight doing some heavy lifting over there for the Lake Steven Sasquatch, but mm-hmm. excited about it. I think Bub Rub got his 300th win tonight, so, uh, or maybe yesterday. So, well, well. Now, you kind of alluded to it moments ago, but the, there was an actual resolution to the Blackhawks uh, sexual assault scandal. So uh, they, they just released it today. And do, do you want to talk about, I guess, kind of what they released yeah man and first and foremost i was color me surprised because i definitely thought that the independent air quote independent investigation what i was thinking was gonna turn up absolutely nothing and there was gonna be uh you know findings that were released you know maybe let's call it right before the the Olympic break or something like that, where it was going to be no big deal and right. easy to forget and, and lost in the shuffle and all that Friday stuff. Friday before but... the Super Bowl. or Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But holy hell, man. Uh, lots of people losing their jobs, right? Um, senior VP of Hockey Operations in Chicago steps down. Al McIsaac. Stan Bowman resigns. He's uh, the was the former GM of the Blackhawks, and he also uh, steps down from his position to be the GM for Team USA in the 2020 Beijing Games. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of other shuffling in the, in their main office, and two conversations still yet to happen. Gary Bettman has said publicly that he is planning on going to Winnipeg and speak with. Uh, the GM there, Kevin Sheveldayoff, and who was uh, an employee of the Blackhawks during all of this, and also plans on going to yeah, I think he was assistant Florida. GM then. Assistant GM, there you go. Yeah, because yeah. I knew he wasn't GM, but yeah, and then plans on going down to Florida and speaking directly with Joel Quinville about his involvement, and just yikes and wow. Um, what were your early takeaways and? Uh, from from just that there's additional stuff too but what were your early takeaways from those individuals stepping down and how do you think those conversations are going to go with Batman man I you know the I I like you was kind of amazed at how out there they released the investigation they put out a 68 page statement that I read you know that they, they have a too long didn't read kind of version at the right. the beginning and the end so you don't have to read through everything which i'm sure is beneficial but uh you know it just it goes into pretty good detail and certainly doesn't um skimp on the names you know uh so right. there are quite a few of the people in there named and uh you know it, it's an independent review there's all that you know who knows uh the accuracy of all those statements, but it's, it's, it was I mean, very revealing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as to, you know, how it happened and kind of the faults of the Blackhawks to take any action. They decided to essentially not let it be a disturbance and not do anything for almost a full month so that they could win the Stanley cup without having yep. it be a distraction. So, yep. Um, which violated their human resources policy for, you know, harassment. So um, their $2 million fine and 
um, people are losing their jobs and um, certainly is a stain, you know, kind of on the NHL. But, uh, you know, it comes at the exact same time that if you look to the NFL today, the same day, they uh, won't release the findings of the investigation on the Washington football team cheerleading scandal that they had. Oh, okay. You know, that the, you know, Coach Gruden get fired over essentially as a, I don't know, deflection because it wasn't even really investigating, you know, the stuff that she sure. got released for. So uh, I think that just the statement and the way that the NHL handled this was uh, done very well. And I I, I don't think that anything's going to happen to Quinville or Shovel Day off, but uh, certainly San Bowman. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see his statement that he put out? I have not had a chance to read it in full. No, sir. It was basically like, uh, but I told my boss, you know, like, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and it's so two things real quick that I, that I have takeaways from, from some of the stuff you talked about that, that $2 million fine. First and foremost, I read that the NHL is taking half of that and reinvesting it in organizations in the Chicago area uh, that do deal with uh, sexual abuse and in trying to make sure that uh, the people are heard. And so I do find some relief in that, that the the actual action is is being addressed or inaction uh, to be more accurate right and the that two million dollar fine is is just a million dollars less than what the canadians put down in the wake of their pr scandal whenever they drafted mayu for their respect and consent action plan so that's one thing that i think is yes they find them some money and I, I really think that there was an opportunity maybe to, to hit them a little bit more financially too. Um, and then two, I don't fully agree with you that not that uh, shovel day off and, and Quinville are, are going to step out of the way from underneath this piano and not have anything land on them. Um, everybody else who was directly involved, who was with the Blackhawks organization has mostly been account- held accountable with their job. I I want these guys are still working for the same employee. Uh, well, not the same the same company. I'll say right, not the same employer, yeah. but the same overall company. And I could see them still having some very real conversations with Bentman sitting down and saying, "Look, you knew about this, and and." During the course of the investigation, it came out the the same stuff that get that cost these other people their jobs in Chicago is coming to you. I noticed that the Jets haven't released a statement, that the Panthers haven't released a statement. They're just really waiting for what the NHL is going to do, and then I think that they're going to have to back it, which is interesting and could have some seismic um, ripples for the hockey world overall certainly is the case i i think that would be it i i don't know i don't know i guess with 
if you read all the people that were in those meetings, sure. I suppose. Uh, you know, in the room where it happened, general manager, Hamilton president thing? of hockey operations, uh, you know, president of the you know the team, the owners, assistant. You know they're they're going to handle this and they're going to take it to the right, you know, pl- places. I just I guess I don't know that I would expect Quinville to be in charge or you know heading that campaign. I I think that especially when you're going to play in the Stanley Cup Finals, I just think that that's the littlest blip on your radar and whether it's fair or not. I think yep. that you assume that other people that aren't you are going to take care of this. I, yes, to take care of it. And, you know, that I could definitely see Quinville having have said at some point, I don't want this. I don't want this distraction for my team right now or keep it, keep it from. Oh, keep it from the in, headlines. In the for statement, weeks, that's right? exactly like what that. they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, that's, that's the thing, right? If he's, if he's saying that, don't put this out there to be a distraction for my team. I can't see him not being equally as culpable as as the other parties who, again, willfully did what he said to do. So, I I could seriously see this falling on uh, on at least Quinville with with some pretty heavy repercussions. I don't know if it's going to be his job, but honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was his job. Yeah. How how would that work? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And is that's that on like is that on Florida? Is that the league suspends his? Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. It would have to be. It, I feel like it would have to be the league because I feel like Florida really does have the hey man we hired we hired a different guy you know that they could say that and i could also see florida saying distancing themselves from him it would be really really hard to do but i could see bentman sitting down with shovel day off in quinville and saying look here's what we expect you to do and shovel day off in quinville could say yeah go kick dirt piss off and then Bettman going right to the Jets ownership and the Panthers ownership and saying, look, here's what it looks like. Here's here's what we're hoping. Here's what we told them. If they're not already having those conversations right now, so the the franchises can brace for whatever impact and and plan accordingly. I don't know, man. I, I really wouldn't take anything off the table at this point, but I also took a bit from the statement from Batman too, just that when he was gonna, you know, oh, he he said like, oh, I'm gonna kind of meet with him, you know, in the not too distant future or something like like, that, right? He kind of downplayed it, you know. He's like, I'm not saying they're gonna get suspended or any punishment, you know, punished or not punished. So it was like, it seemed like he was already pre-softening it, but he was gonna you know, fill in all the gaps, I guess, or whatever. But I I thought that he, the way that he downplayed it meant that they probably weren't going to, that the worst of the worst was happened. Yeah. 
But doesn't lo- wouldn't logic follow though that other people who were in that room and I, making that same decision would be whole, held equally accountable just well, I just think because the they're issue, working for different franchises? Yeah, well, not just that, but so many of those other guys aren't in hockey, or you know, like Bowman's really the the main one that's still in there. I think you know three of the other guys aren't in hockey anymore. Right. So, um, and then uh, not to say that they shouldn't have done something more, but Quinville and Chevel Dayoff were the, you know, least of the group, I, I suppose in status or stature or whatever. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I really am. I could see it being done for the most part. And I agree that it was kind of softening the blow because it would have been just as easy for Batman to have gone out and spoke to those, those guys before. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that they're looking at what the public response is, And I think that the NHL will respond um, kind of with, with that in mind. So um and yeah, Bedman's not a guy that likes to get embarrassed or uh, showed agreed. up. So you know that I certainly could be on the table for them. That that's for sure. Make a statement. You know, this is maybe the most important time for the sport. You got the big new right. contracts. Like, yep, we're taking everything to the max. And yep, yeah, right. That's totally a a possible resolution. Doesn't like looking bad, but also knows that he's going to get booed <laughs> relentlessly every time he's out there to speak in front of a crowd at a draft or uh, at a Stanley Cup presentation ceremony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just three three work stoppages is going to get you booed for your entire tenure, man. So Yeah. Well, an- another guy who's probably going to get booed pretty much wherever he goes is uh, Evander Kane. Uh, right. He received a 21-game suspension. Um, according to the NHL, he was suspended for an established violation of and lack of compliance with the NHL, NHLPA COVID-19 protocol. Um, so we, he'll, the money that he's going to forfeit for those 21 games goes to the Players Emergency Assistance Fund per the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. So True. Yikes. 21 yeah, games. 20 yeah, I mean that is that is a serious suspension and I'm I'm curious what what his career looks like from here. You know what I mean? It's the guy there's already rumblings that his teammates didn't want him around. There was already rumblings that you know, he's he's been basically a a, a toxic locker room guy from his time whenever he was in Winnipeg. So it's it's going to be really, really interesting to, to kind of see what this guy's career continues to look like. I got to think that the Sharks are, are still just trying to do everything that they can to find a, a loophole in the contract to, to terminate his contract, right? Yeah, it's such a weird situation right uh well first off the 21 games right it's uh i don't know it seems kind of like we couldn't quite get you on these other charges that we had against you so uh maybe we're gonna make this one stick for you but uh uh, yeah I, i 
how how can this guy be your teammate, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. only for this, but also on his part, what like do they just have him stay home and they buy him out uh, next year? So does that he just be... get to sit sit at home and get paychecks and kind of uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo style? Yeah, and I just uh, but what happens to him going forward? Like who? You know, the NHL is kind of you talk about Tony D'Angelo, right? He's on a roster, uh, right. so so they there's always a place for these guys, seemingly. That uh, they can change, right? What what was his his statement? He's gonna uh, attend counseling to help him make better decisions in the future. Uh, how, how does that counseling session go, Eric? <laughs> You're a counselor. Yeah, so it would be uh, for me. It would be quit fucking up so big. Like, do you, do you realize how much money you're leaving on the table? you dumb shit oh you're like a um, scared straight counselor in this like st- a, instance yeah. yes right like what are you doing man you're you are just self-sabotaging to the nth degree so he's got he's got three more years left on this contract at seven million mm-hmm. so to buy him out would be it would have long lasting implications for this franchise uh, for the sharks. So I got to think that they're, they're really going to try and terminate it in any way, shape or form they can. But if they can't terminate his contract after his, his gambling allegedly on hockey games, if they can't terminate his contract after the allegations of spousal abuse, if they can't terminate his contract after falsification of covid documentation to say that he had been vaccinated then there really is no way to do that and they're going to have to either eat salary bury him in the minors um i'm I'm looking to see if he's got a no movement clause right now but they're gonna have to do anything that they can to to get rid of him he has a modified no trade clause and he can list uh submit a list of the three teams he can be traded to. Holy shit. Well, the other so. thing is, is <laughs> who, who on his behalf makes that decision? Do his creditors get to like yeah. contribute on this and see like is indebted to them and you'd have, they have some like, I don't know, yeah. lean on his contract or whatever. That's it's, it's a pretty unbelievable situation that they're in and there'll be a, very interesting to see how it gets handled and uh, certainly they are they are playing much better than predicted right carlson's kind of having a bit of a comeback and uh, they seem like they're getting some some goaltending so um yeah they're they may just tell them to hang out and uh lose our number right both of those things are remarkable with carlson having a resurgence and them getting some goaltending I guess the the goaltending is probably more remarkable than than uh, Carlson, but just barely. <laughs> but I I I don't know, man. I, I if if his players are say if his uh, teammates are saying we got we have no use for him, we have no interest in him. 
then I think that they're going to have to just bury him. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, assign him to, since he doesn't have a no movement clause, they can assign him to their minor league affiliate. But I bet that he would have no problem at all. Or maybe he would surprise me and have all the problems since he's making such shit decisions and just say, I'm not going to report. And to talk about your who makes his decisions on his contract status, you know, you can put a lien up against a house, but I don't know if you can put put a le- the legality of putting a lien up against an, an athlete's overall. Well, they yeah. have like court order settlements as to like how, uh, you know, he owes the creditors or whatever. So uh, from what I understand, super interesting time mm-hmm. to to follow this kind of i don't even know i i think it's gone away from being a a hockey story to a human interest story for me it's not even uh about the hockey player anymore it's about this guy who is just struggling with any any life decision like dude needs to hire a life coach basically to follow him around and say no you're not doing that <laughs> you're not doing that um and and i'm sure his creditors would be super or the, the people he owes money to would be super jazzed about uh hiring that person on his behalf yep now maybe he can uh become friends with charlie mcavoy over in boston and get a get a little loan after uh he signs to a eight year 9.5 million aav contract so um pretty big deal signs him to 31 years old i think so uh what what do you think of the, of this deal another 8 year like every time i say well that's the last 8 year you know 9 million plus contract for a while some gm out there makes a makes a liar out of me so it's 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 insane it's the the market for defensemen right now is is incredibly high and i can't think of a better person to be in the nhl right now than somebody who has an expiring contract and you are a uh upper tier i won't even say elite but you are an upper tier nhl defenseman now i i don't hate this contract right uh this is the Seth Jones contract, and I think that McAvoy is far better than Seth Jones. So I think that they're, you know, if maybe you say McCarr was only nine, yeah. But I think that if you're comparing it, you're going to get your value out of this most likely. So this is one of the few that I've been the most okay with because you, you you only get him to 30 he's 22 right now and um he's performed at a high level and i think you know he's one of the names to win the norris this year so this is this is probably what you're paying for a norris guy right i would agree with that and uh, you know it, it is definitely in line with with current market value and Boston had to eventually pay what like pick a defenseman and actually pay them instead of letting them walk as an unrestricted free agent or trading them right a la Dougie Hamilton right. Troy Krug I know that Char you know Big Z was towards the the end of his career 
Yep. But I mean, they've just been letting all these guys walk or trading them left and right. So they were definitely due to to choose a defenseman to build around. And, and it seems like I would agree that he's it. But they had this thing in Boston where players have been taking less than market value to allow for the construction of a complete Stanley Cup contending team around them. And this, in my opinion, is is the death rattle of that. You know, there were guys like, uh, you know, you got Marchand, who, who just a little bit ago, I think one or two years ago, signed a deal that was worth 6.1 uh, um, he, you know, six point one million per. So I mean, what does that say to all these guys who either did take those team friendly contracts or now have those team friendly contracts expiring in the not too distant future? I guess, but are you more happy to have Charlie McAvoy on your team still and not have him? be gone so yeah i mean yeah I, <laughs> you need to have elite defensemen to build around your 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 back end right absolutely and moving forward you've got you've got some other contracts that are that are coming up for oh, sure they they do need to sign contract uh pasternak is he's up after 22 23 season so yeah so there's uh bergeron's going to be a ufa after this year Pasta is going to be a UFA the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they've got their thoughts some... that Bergeron's going to retire after this year. So I think that's part really? of really, yeah, that's part of why the McAvoy. You know, I I don't think that they're thinking he's going to sign for long term. He might be like a one year yeah. follow up deal, but the, there was a lot of talk that he he may retire at the end of this year. So kind of a um, uh, Getzlav in in Anaheim kind of thing year to year, and and see how things go. I mean, thirty six. Yeah, it's it's not young, but I mean the guy still is in. You know, he's still part of a line that is called the Perfection Line. So, I I am a bit surprised by by talk of him retiring uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, new broadcasts on the ESPN or TNT? Man, I love I love the TNT broadcasts. Man, mm-hmm. they are they're strong. the The ESPN ones I haven't had as much fun watching, but the TNT ones I've really really enjoyed. Yeah. What about you, buddy? Uh, the, well, the ESPN, you know, they they still have the the music. And did you yeah. did you see that like the video that they did the super dramatic uh they they met the composer and um it was pretty uh, awesome if you watch it i did not see it like a like a montage like (laughs) even rocky had a montage yeah they they show the guy being inspired and making the the song and how it was lost for you know the the past uh nbc years and how it's coming back and um just how iconic it was that you know all the players in the league russian you know american canadian wherever they were from they knew that that music was the nhl music so uh super super cool thing that they made um really uh 
really liked the stuff that came out of ESPN. Um, yeah. That was the non-hockey part. The hockey part, it seemed a lot like, uh, you know, new NBC, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there was a little bit of, you know, whatever to that. But they have a... Um, like a like a lunch show now with uh, Wyshynski and Arda Okal. Um, that was interesting. It's more like pop culture, hockey, kind of interesting, uh, you know, hmm. done differently, a little more modern, um, sure. kind of like uh, NHL Tonight, but, you know, more updated or, you know, art in the newer version. Okay. Um, but, and... You know that there's been. I like some of the in between broadcasts. I know you're not the biggest Melrose fan, but they they had him on today, and they were they were cracking me up. Uh, uh, so I, I like some of the personalities there, but uh, the TNT was was good. You know the the analysts the when they went back there, yeah. they looked like they were having fun, which seemed kind of crazy for if you've watched any NBC broadcast in the past ten years right. or whatever, right? They were so the t, it, it was they were legitimately having a great time. Whenever the the Blues game was up, the TNT game, um, and I was I was literally looking forward to the intermissions as much as I was the hockey, because you know Anson Carter's chirping Gretzky about the sweater vest, and, <laughs> and you know Whitney's um, giving credit to to Gretzky. Uh, on an earlier show, whenever he was talking about, you know, uh, Gretzky, how many, how many are you going to put in on Barkley as, as goalie? <laughs> and like people were telling or say like, you're going to get one past him. Or you're going to get nothing <laughs> past him. And then Whitney, he said, you know, he, he's going to put all four out of four shots. He's going to put them all in on, <laughs> on Charles Barkley standing there, not knowing shit about hockey. Yeah, man. Didn't know how to hold the gear. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. And he only put in. They only gave him three out of the four because uh, something uh, went in and came out, or something like that. But uh, he, they were having a great time, and mm-hmm. and they were, you know, uh, they they had their leashes taken off a little bit. I heard. I wouldn't call it cussing, but you know, I just more common language that you would hear from from guys uh, uh, talking hockey as opposed to this, this button down, um, you know, no suit jacket kind of version of it, like the, the ESPN. And like you said, just, um, the, the NBC sports version 2.0. So I love the TNT hockey and, and I'll check it out. I, I don't care who's playing it for me. The, the intermission, instead of it being a time for me to get up and, and go and, and, and run a load of laundry or do something random around the house, man, I I'm tuned in. I'm listening to it because it's, it's entertaining in a completely different way than, than the hockey game itself. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought that they maybe, uh, had a little too much reverence to Gretzky, you know, the first day or two, I don't know, you know, like, uh, that, that one game, like, Ovechkin scored two goals and he was like talking over both of the goals because they kept asking him questions and, uh, (laughs) you know, and he was just like kept going, even though he scored, it was kind of, kind (laughs) of awkward. Uh, but you know, I think that, yeah, they, 
they have some natural chemistry on their own, like uh, it, it seems like. And uh, I really like Bissonette in there, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. He was, I, I think he's a bit of a goof, but he, he comes off very uh, knowledgeable with that group. And he, he explains things a little a little differently than them. And uh, yeah. uh, he's a little uh, verbose, I guess. They, they were giving him some trouble for that, but... Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I really liked uh, liked the whole gang, and it, it was it's just so different than what we've had um, previously. And you know, for doing this for two weeks, and the two big complaints were they uh, what spelled the Vegas acronym wrong or whatever. It was VGS, and I guess the fans got mad because it they were they're VGK. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I guess some people don't like that they were displaying the uh power play on the ice and that the score bug was missing the shots for like a one round so you know i liked the the power play on the ice honestly yeah it It, didn't it it didn't bug me i don't think it distracted me either so it wasn't didn't hurt anything especially because it was also on the score bug where you're kind of used to looking at anyway so yeah yeah, exactly I, I, i thought that it was nice that that it was there that I didn't have to look up into the left to to figure out how much time was left. That it was right there in the middle of play, and mm-hmm. I could see whenever it was going. I I really enjoyed that. Right, and, and I I'm think... usually a purist when it comes to to those types of things, but I really I really enjoyed that additional aspect. So. Yeah, I think you know I'm used to looking at football. They put the yellow lines and the down markers in, or the you sure. know you watch basketball and they'll put the shot clock on there. So I think it's something that that ports over pretty well um, yeah and bissonette and and carter and and even with gretzky man they they had some really great chemistry and liam McHugh or whatever yeah he he's still able to i wondered about him because you know he was the guy who had um yeah i kind of thought he'd be stodgy right yeah yeah, yeah i thought that he'd be bringing that exact same kind of stuff from uh nbc but it looks like maybe NBC was really just kind of holding him back from who he's able to be and and how he's able to to sit between these these three guys who've got their own personalities with hockey and everything and their own skill set and knowledge base and he's still able to to refine that and work a, a really good show out of it. So yeah, I surprising that and- Babcock and Keith Jones didn't do some comedy bits with him or whatever on there. They- yeah. Yeah, they need to sit there. <laughs> they, those guys can still enjoy their jobs and and wherever the hell they are, they can enjoy retirement because they were just they're just stiff, man. Yep. And this was loose. And this was from the their first week of broadcasting loose. So the only way I can see it going is the product to continue to get better and and for it to get even more loose. And and I'm super jazzed about it. I like I said, man. I I enjoyed. It, it seemed like I was listening to an in-game podcast. Is really what it was, man. And it was less of this, the analytics and, and and the discussion about the game that I grew up with whenever I was 13. And it seemed like it was more of that. Here's this in-game stuff and and some of the graphics that they <laughs> that they had. Did you see the one with uh, with uh, Bissonette 
holding the Carter and Gretzky as they were little babies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, yeah. I was There's some of that from rolling. the other like NBA TNT that they ported okay. over really well. Like, the, you know, the people make the memes or they they do really really good on the the socials. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of back and forth participation that way, and they bring it into the show. And you know, there's a lot of it that. I I was really impressed how they ported over the the feeling of that Charles Barkley Shaquille O'Neal studio without maybe those personalities and I thought that you know maybe like that that they grown so much from the first couple episodes too like the yeah you know Gretzky kind of like low talked and low energy but I think sure, that they have sure. that vibe now and that they were really playing well with each other and I think that 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 they've they've done something that seems authentic you know yep. to the games which is great yep couldn't agree more I'm, I'm super excited about it and i really uh really look forward to every time that the blues are on tnt i'm going to be even more excited about that it was a really really fun experience now the the rest of the league you know has been kind of surprising for a few teams right now is there anything that uh, has gone on in the first week or week plus that kind of stood out to you? Any of the teams jumping out? Um, you know, and in one way, let let me do the surprise doing well and surprise doing poorly. Yeah, and the surprise for doing poorly is Chicago because I had them as my most improved team overall in the, in, uh, in the central. I, I think and, I I would have picked them, but knew you picked them, so I picked a different team. But I totally right. thought that they were going to be better than this, right? Yeah, I thought that they were going to come out just gangbusters, man. You know, at least with the additions of of, of Flurry, that they were going to at least have fallen into a win in their first six games. Um, but but it seems like a a big, you know, they put their per- player personnel in a blender and, and kind of just uh, said, Hey, we're making all these changes early on. Uh, it seems like it, they're struggling to, to find that chemistry, which isn't completely surprising. Oh, five and one is a little surprising. You know, if it was uh two, three and one or, or something more like that, um, I would be less surprised, but winless still is, is very, is very surprising to me on that end. Yeah, and, um, and right. The, so they add like Taves. We'll count him as an addition, yeah. right? And Jones, Jones and Flurry. Yeah. So you know, and that and that's those are the big names that they added, right? And right. so yeah. Flurry's got like a eight sixty save percentage, which is yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Taves has been which is not, bad. <laughs> not it's. I mean, it's it's like yeah. should have retired. Bad. Right. Uh, Taves has not been effective, and I think just went back on the COVID list today. He did. Yeah. Um, and and you know, Jones had two or three pretty disastrous games, and then a a good game in there, but certainly not a guy you're looking to spend nine and a half million on for eight years. If your team's yep. going to be zero and five just to start the season, one point yeah. through six games. That's, that's gross. That, that, is, <laughs> that is gross. If that were our St. Louis blues, I would, uh, 
I, I, I would have a panic bug very different up. feeling panic right bus now, all yeah. yeah all gassed up right and then on the other end a team that is way out kicking their coverage right now is buffalo for sure <laughs> yeah and you know i would have believed oh five and one for them for sure you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but here they are uh four one and one and i read uh something in for espn whenever they were talking about how uh, something about a ga- the gambling lines or whatever, and they're like, um, you know, ESPN, don't be fooled by early overperformers. And mm-hmm. then it had like a picture <laughs> of Buffalo <laughs> center. So um, there's there's still an overwhelming belief that there will be a fall from grace in in Buffalo, New York. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know for the. The surprising positive, I, I thought yeah, that the uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they were, I think, my team that not to be surprised if they regressing, yeah, right? yeah. finished the last in the division, right? That sure. there's going to be some comeuppance for their aging roster, but yep. it, it is apparently not this year. Uh, Ovechkin just uh, came out of the, the gates blazing four points in that first game, two goals, two assists, and has seven goals and 12 points now in six games. So uh, just... I love when that dude scores, man. He, I just He's very so happy. Fun to see. Yeah, he's just... He's, <laughs> he's very happy. He, he acts like the first time that he scores, or the, you know, the 500th time he scores is just as fun for him as the the very first goal he ever scored the so i just dig it. the 728th yeah. time he scored <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah hey this is just as fun he so, just dude just loves doing it yeah well he passed marcel dion um that first game of the season and yeah. then was only four behind brett hull right now and and looks to be making a legit run at the record like i think if he gets 40 goals this year uh it's it's hard to believe that he doesn't get it. Yeah. So yeah, you can, you can almost rubber stamp it uh-huh. at that point, I would say. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure you said that two years ago, but right. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, not only that, he's in that awesome commercial for the, uh, the insurance with him oh, and Backstrom and his wife. Oh, yeah. That are in it. yeah. yeah. Uh, Why is it? Why is he here eating our cereal <laughs> right? or whatever? Yeah, I love that, man. And it's it's rem- one of the few hockey commercials you'll ever see with like a player not in a uniform. Like like this yeah. is how you know he's a hockey player like cuz he has yeah. the blues. It's me, Alex Petrangelo, hockey player. Yeah. Hockey player extraordinaire. Maybe you're just now watching this and now seeing what my face looks like. Mr. Yeah, Black. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it seemed like that was just a lot of fun, and that uh, and that those guys. It, it reminded me of whenever you're just getting done out of like those drinking days. Whenever you're you're in your later twenties, early thirties, and you're you're still holding on to it. You're, you're <laughs> really holding on to it with both hands, and you have you know you know a roommate, a significant other, or whatever that comes in, and that friend of yours more than likely usually me or <laughs> I was like, dude, it's 3 PM. Like, don't you have a home to go to? It's Sunday at 3 PM. It's time, man. You got to quit playing video games and, and, 
and watching cable at our house. Go home, bro. Wow, you were that guy, what? huh? Uh, so, I mean, my hangovers, they <laughs> prime, like peak Barnhart drinking. Um, my my hangovers would, would go for <laughs> sometimes days. So, yeah, I would gladly melt into a friend's couch for sure. Well, I, I hear Funyuns and, uh, and uh, Pedialyte no, do you. miracles. So. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. <laughs> Pedialyte, yes. Funyuns, <laughs> no, thank you. Now, for my surprising bad team... I mean, there, there's a couple of choices. Montreal, but I, we're not surprised by that, right? We kind of mentioned right. that too. Yeah. Uh, the Kraken, not starting so hot either. Just not quite getting it going. But uh, those those away jerseys are pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, really pop, liking yeah. them. But I, I think Arizona, just how bad this team is, yeah. is uh, amazing. They are also 0-5-1 like the Blackhawks. And just are getting shellacked on a pretty nonstop based basis. They're seven to four with the Blues, and I think in their opener yeah. they got scored seven on them. So uh, it's they are tanking for sure. They 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 picked up the goalie that Buffalo said was so bad we can't start this guy, and they're like, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll take this guy off your hands <laughs> for you. <laughs> we can definitely find a place for you here. They're, the sale is going to start as early as teams start making phone calls. The sales are going to start in in Phoenix, man, in the desert. They've got to to can, try to maximize their return. Can they sell anymore? Like, that's what they I was have just to like say. make the minimum cap, and they're right at it. They'll, I mean, they'll need to. They've got some players that they can definitely can trade. They'll take have to take on some injured salary, players off LTIR and just put them on the regular salary. Yeah. Or... Do they still have to travel with the team? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is a good choice. You get but... to call Datsuk and tell him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've just been called up. Like I don't. I don't want. I don't want that. But Carter Hutton, man, to give you an idea, he started three games, and his goals against is seven point seven six. Yeah, with a save percentage of seven four one. Yikes! Yeah, and he thought he was having a shit time in Buffalo, and then at least the weather is nicer. Yeah, it's a little warmer. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I mean, I'm I know I'm notoriously bad for names, but. Their their other guy, Carol, K A R E L, Vegma, Oh man, this guy is <laughs> Carol Vegmikola. I, I believe what it's the Vegmelka. I think we're saying the same thing, man. I think you're just saying it. Fancier, faster, and, yeah, certainly yeah, faster. faster. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it very, very choppy, and as as Midwest American as I can. Carol Veg Melka has a three fifteen and a save percentage under nine. Man, I mean, I didn't know that Carter Hutton was looking that gross, but. <laughs> 
he, uh, I mean, dude, dude looks bad. Well, the Blues didn't do him any favors. They they certainly no. select him when he was in goal. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll shift over to the Blues, right? Five and zero to start the season. Um, uh, we totally predicted uh, offensive juggernaut for the 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 team yeah. prediction, right? I I don't don't remember that. I guess. I don't recall that, but I also didn't anticipate an early start against Veg Maleka. <laughs> so, um, but no, man, they're they're cleaning, <laughs> they're cleaning up really, really well, and they are they're kicking ass, man. Uh, you know, you put you put a seven spot on two teams in your first uh, in your first five, and and you're looking really, really great. Yep. The first four, I guess they put a seven spot on twice, right? So, yeah, they're looking they're looking really strong, man. So the they started out with a five three win in Colorado, led most of the way in that game, but kind of let it slip all the way back to tie it up. They even had it tied up, but they called the goal back. Um, yeah, for kicking. Very fortunate. Yeah, very fortunate. I because I, well, I saw the game up to four to one, and then my internet went out and it came back and it was four to four, and I was like, "What the hell?" And then they yeah. they <laughs> called it back, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then, uh, but you know, I'm happy again. <laughs> the, kind of a theme that I, I've seen in the NHL is they're pulling the goalie a lot earlier. Um, you know, we saw it that first day, um, with Tampa Bay, I think they, they like lost like seven to three, but gave up like four empty net goals and, uh, but Colorado did it. And it certainly seemed for a moment there that it totally paid off for them. But, uh, I don't know if that's a new, new trend or new analytics, but, uh, something that it seems like is happening more frequently. And I heard Panger even talk about it in our game. And he said, you know, I think this is way too early because it was at the five minute marker or seven minute mark or something like that. And, and I immediately agreed. And then (laughs) Colorado immediately pots one in the back of the net. And, and I guess if you think about it, the logic, the logic does stand. Um, The likelihood that you're going to score four goals in the last three minutes is basically none. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got to give yourself a long enough time to to really be able to come back from that. And and pulling the goalie earlier is is the way to do that. If you were already going to lose, you might as well super lose. And if you're going to win, you're going to have to score. Uh, you're going to have to start scoring those those four goals as soon as you possibly can. So um, my, the 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 hockey purist in me is is definitely <laughs> that you know the the three minute mark is almost even too early kind of thing but uh, but I'm coming around to that way of thinking and and thinking you know if you're gonna lose you might as well super lose uh, or really give your chance yourself an honest chance of of actually coming back and and getting a point or two out of it yep now the the Blues went to Arizona after that game. Uh, had a big barn burner of a win with a seven to four. They they scored what five goals in four minutes or four minutes and almost five fifty yeah. something seconds. So, uh, you know, we're up six to one in that game and kind of let it fall back in the the third. But um, 
Kairu, Costin, both had two major games. Uh, Neighbors got his first point. And yeah. then uh, Buchnevich got a goal and then got ejected for headbutting. <laughs> and, and real quick, can we, like, that was the weakest headbutting I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, I don't I disagree. It was totally yeah. intentional, though. He was trying was. to headbutt him. He was, he was headbutting him. But whenever, because I wasn't watching that part live because I the game had gotten yeah. out of hand. It wasn't like so he, was... he got too close with his helmet and the guy did like the face back thing. Like he did a headbutting motion. He did. He was he knew what he was doing. But whenever I heard headbutt, I thought like full Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> yeah. Headbutt. And whenever I watched the clip or whatever, I thought like this is, are you fucking kidding me? But he did well, especially it, when it you saw him get full cross-checked three times. You know, seconds right? before that, and yeah. and although headbutting is illegal, <laughs> you know, all, all that stuff. Like it certainly seemed like the severity of the two actions didn't match, especially to get the two-game suspension that eventually occurred because of it. Well, this is coming from the guy who got a one-game suspension. Not from more on that our, later. Our <laughs> Our, our Sunday league. More on that later. I'm gonna guess it's a. It has to do with HG, uh-huh. but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, man, the the Blues have started. I, I love the that we're seeing these young guys contribute. Right, like you didn't really see Shen, O'Reilly, Perron on the score sheet a whole bunch in the seven to four win. Uh, you saw more of these guys, the, these younger guys, you know, Costa and those two goals in that physical play that you were talking about. He owned it. He's had some really, really great games early where he's showing some patience with the puck and and doing some really great things around the net. So I'm enjoying watching him as much as I am at Cairo and Neighbors, and Neighbors is just continuing to, to impress that sloppy defense, though, man, letting letting teams not even fully necessarily back in the game, but letting in letting our foot off, not the accelerator for goals, but at least having less of the tight cheeks in our uh, in our own defensive defensive zone is is going to come back and bite us in the ass sooner rather than later. But uh, you know, recent games have seen a trend against that early trend. So. Yeah, I think that that's kind of, you know, I, I was thinking that after the Arizona game, but, you know, yeah. the, they go to Vegas and they win 3-1 there. Uh, yeah. Super exciting game, right? There was over it 80 was shots combined yeah. by both teams. Uh, back and forth action, really strong goaltending by both guys. Yeah. And uh, yep. just, you know, really fortunate for TNT that they had that game on, not not, right. you know, just like, because their broadcast is good, but you get an amazing game like that. So, uh, yep. but they they held the fort there, right? You know, get get the empty netter to 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 seal it, which kind of was a thing that they didn't do great in the past couple of Agreed. seasons, right? Yep. You know, they they struggled uh, to get those empty net goals, but they got it there. They got one um, in L.A. Uh, in you know the second victory against them. They got one against Colorado in that first game. Yep. So, uh, you know, hey, positive trends, and you know, they so they they come home. 
play in the home opener against LA, uh, dominate them there. Uh, Perron gets a hat trick. Neighbors gets a, a first goal from his uh, yep. landlord that that gift pass that he got. <laughs> like I saw him what come in sh- and streak yeah. streak through. I was like, oh, you hope he sees him, and it it was just an amazing play by both of them to make it happen. So, uh, but but super strong game there. They and then they put the backup in. Got Huso gets the shutout in the other game against LA three to nothing. Um, super game by Tarasenko and. Uh, five and zero, oh, just just like you write it up like that. So, yeah, I mean, can we talk real quick about Tarasenko dropping his shoulder and going to the net? Um, just when I saw him score that goal, when I saw him score that way um, against the team that if I think that was the the second time that he had his his shoulder injury, it was a similar play to that in the middle of the ice uh, that somebody just kind of hit him uh, and put a little bit of a hurt or squeeze on him and he, uh, and he went down. So to see him score a goal like that against one of the teams that, uh, that put him in the press box for a long period of time, I loved it, man. It looked so great. And my older brother was at the game and he was talking about how hearing the fans chanting Tarasenko was just, was just super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, the other night, man. Well, he he played a heck of a game there, and really through all all season so far, it seems like he's been tuned in, um, skating faster, stronger, kind of all the superlatives you you can think of about him, right? His shot looks, um, I I don't know if it's, he hasn't scored that Tarasenko goal yet, but he he had some pretty uh, uh, amazingly, uh, I don't know, dangle goals on that one where he yeah. he deked through three guys and put that nasty yep. backhand up top top corner and then yep. uh kind of had the TJ Oshi uh breakaway goal there where he pots it between the legs before the goalie even yep. moves and yeah. uh, just made quick look foolish right but seems yeah. to be jiving with that line and I, you know the, I don't I don't remember hearing him talk a whole lot yeah. ever right and yeah. and maybe because the shines on him um and, and i have a podcast now i paid more attention to <laughs> his, his uh post-game interviews but he, he seemed a little i don't know com- combative especially for ha- having won and all that i did did you get any of that or is that just i don't you know you didn't want to talk about goals i don't remember that that happening before and uh i could i mean yeah the if you think about it i don't know originally it was the it was the doctor who done him dirty Mm -hmm. and now i could see it, it potentially shifting to you know the media just won't let it go like i'm answering these questions all the time i've said that i'm i'm here to play hockey and and I'm I'm not trying to distract from the team. I'm a St. Louis Blue. I'm here to play hockey. I don't want to distract from the team. And meanwhile, I'm sure that ninety percent of the questions that he's fielding right now are probably related to his having requested a trade over the summer. So I bet he's just really 
fucking tired. Yeah, well, and I <laughs> of think dealing with the media. All right? the questions seem so loaded too, right? It's like, oh, you're right. you're playing so good now. What do you what do you think? You know, yeah. you you, yeah. you still love us, right? Like, I yeah. don't I don't know. It, it seems yeah, pretty. It's certainly an awkward situation for him, but I don't know if he has anybody to blame totally, but it himself, no. right? Mirror, I mean, he certainly yeah. mirror, yeah. He certainly contributed <laughs> to having him in that situation, but um, it's it certainly it does seem awkward, I guess, right? Yeah, it's you know you you've got the you've got your I, I mean maybe the analogy is you've got your ex hanging out at your at your not at your wedding, but you know, at uh, uh, the next date that you go on, you know, you see them at the same place or something. I, I, you know, not a perfect analogy, but it's definitely awkward. And as long as the media, as long as some members of the media try to focus in on that awkwardness, it's going to remain awkward. But if, if, if Pang doesn't ask any weird questions, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he asked him anything weird, but I I think that sometimes I I don't understand if it's part of the language barrier or, uh, you know, some, where they kind of give him some softies or if it's, uh, you know, you read more into it because you know, the totality of his situation. Yeah. yeah, Everything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably a mix of all of those things. And with Pierre Maguire working in Ottawa and not ready to ask some super weird questions, I hope that in St. Louis, you know, we can all just collectively move on from this and, and, and he's a blue as long as he wants to be, or I could easily see him coming in and to, to Armstrong's office and saying, Hey, I, you know, I'd really like to play here and still Armstrong could try and pull the trigger on something. Uh, but, but every day that he's a blue and he's producing, starting with that Vegas game, I really saw him starting to take initiative and, and really start getting after it. If he keeps playing like that, there's, there's no reason to try and trade him. So I'm, uh, I'm really, really hopeful that he just keeps playing that style of hockey and, and he and Thomas and, and who is it? Barbie, right. Yep. Are, are out there and, and just playing that kind of third line role and, and just really going out there and being maybe one of the most productive third lines in all the NHL. Right. Um. So what? What are your kind of five games in? First thoughts on sure. the forwards. Anybody? Anything stand out to you? Interesting pairings? Like anybody excelling that you didn't think would? Or I mean, the I had Kairu as a guy who was really going to to do well, right? And he's still outperforming what I thought he was going to do. Uh, neighbors does not look out of place. Those are my, my early forward. Does he standouts. remind you of anybody? I, I keep thinking Oshi when I, when I um, see him, he just has that seems like that. I sense to him that Oshi did and yeah. plays with uh, more of the physical nature that I think that was unexpected of seeing from a, a young guy. So I, I, those are the flashes that I got when, you know, you you see him in the lineup. Not, not not that they have similar styles or anything, but I'm going to want to watch him a little bit more and I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. Um, I hadn't been thinking of early comps, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but our next recording, I will do my best to have a Jake neighbors comp. Take some notes. The the recent blues. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but another thing that's stuck, uh, kind of stuck out to me early, and I think is going to be a trend, is the amount of kind of early tinkering that's been necessary, whether it right. be headbutts, uh, COVID protocols. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned uh, and it, that but continues Saad too, and right? O'Reilly just hit the, yeah. the the list. So. Yeah. Yep. So I think I, I think that that's going to be something that's going to kind of continue with the the forwards with the tinkering. I mean, and Piranha's just, uh, I mean, what I wonder what his contract is going to look like. Again, we're talking five games in, but if he keeps pot, you know, playing at this pace and, and, and putting points in the board like he is, um, you know, he might be a, a six, seven million dollar guy himself. So what about you, buddy? Anybody standing out? Or, that I, that was or the one struggling? thing that I, I thought was the most interesting thing i suppose yeah. is the zapran situation like what do you do he's he's 33 but yeah. i mean is has been performing and your team certainly was hampered especially when he was your highest scoring player and couldn't play in the playoffs for you because of right. covid so uh yeah. you've certainly seen evidence of his value and it certainly hasn't changed to start the year right with his uh, his performance Agreed. this far so it'd be really interesting to see what happens there and uh i don't know if it's legally binding for him to have to sign a contract with st louis you know he's sure. played for five teams right but only signed contracts with yeah, st louis legally but, binding. <laughs> i didn't get the joke at first yeah. but uh it's a damn good one so uh, yeah it, but i he certainly deserves money, and oh, yeah. if you see seven million for three years, like I don't, I I, think I would that's reasonable. I would hesitate to see more than three years. Agreed. But uh, yeah, I think you certainly got to pay goal scorers for sure on this team. Yeah, your your number and your term was is literally the exact number in term that I was thinking. I was thinking seven for three. If it, if it would need to be seven for four, I would I would be way more hesitant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, seven for three is exactly where I'm comfortable with uh, with no input on the situation and with no money to pay <laughs> said contract. Right. Um, but that's what that's what I'm thinking. Uh, and and I hope that he gets it honestly too. Uh, a guy who I see struggling is, is a little bit is is Saad. I I didn't. He's played okay, and I don't know what I was necessarily expecting, but he seems just kind of like a guy who's still trying to figure out everybody else that he's on on lines with or on the team with, uh, and I've seen him pick it up in recent games, so I have. I have very real hope and uh, and every reason for hope, but I've seen him just kind of struggle a little bit. Yeah, and I think that certainly being out for a COVID list certainly doesn't help him. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And I kind of had him on there as well, but he he always seems like an under the radar scorer. Where I, I don't know if he gets it in bunches, but I I always look at his stats and it's like holy crap, he has almost a point per game it it's uh he he does it stealthily or or whatever but uh yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he, he makes it happen here but uh, you know 
it seems like he's going to get time with Perron and O'Reilly, so they'll he, he should contribute. Yeah, he can. He should be able to vulture uh, points here or there, and and I think maybe he's just got to find some more time in front of the net for for power play time, and <laughs> and he'll be he'll. I think he'll get his points. I, I really do just think that it's going to be a an issue of he just needs more familiarity with uh, with the guys around him. And I, you know, overall with the forwards, I think you're, I don't know, excited that we only got. 2.7 each for uh, Kairou and Thomas, right? Hell yeah. Uh, two Hell years, yeah. Th- those seems like bargain bridges, and it'll be interesting to see what happens if you know they maintain these paces through this season and the next season, but um, certainly the situation you hope to be in, I guess, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, if, if the Blues are going to go deep for, for playoff runs and and you know either put Central Division champion banners, or um, you know, uh, uh, conference final banners, or Stanley Cup banners, up in the next couple of years, they're going to need to be big parts of it. President's what are you trophy thinking about? You President, like, yeah, Nashville. hey, you go, uh... it, <laughs> did you see Nashville is trolling Nashville? <laughs> oh yeah, with their with their banner stuff now. You got to like, get to it before the others get to it. Yeah, get, yeah. it's gonna happen. I, hey. so. That was that was a like, that was a Barnhart philosophy. It's you like know, Michael it's, Jordan it's, tweeting out crying memes of himself yeah. on things. Or, yeah, if you know you're gonna be made fun of for it, make make fun of yourself on your own terms right. first. Yeah, and then lead from there for sure. But uh, what about defense, man? What are you seeing on on the back end for for? Overall line pairings, huge contributions, right from the back end early. Yeah, uh, certainly offensively, they've they've contributed uh, immediately. Um, but you know, Falk has been scoring some goals. He still has that magical mustache, uh, mustache, mustache. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that I'm enthused. Totally by the defense. Uh, Pareko looks certainly more like regular form Pareko than he did last year or even the, yep. the year before that. Um, Falk and Krug seem to be performing well together. Krug seems, um, you know, just more in tune with the team and the offense kind of is. Uh, and I just think the whole game that the team is playing in general seems to be. Uh, a little faster paced, a little more up tempo. Um, I, I, I don't know how to eloquate it, and maybe it's just because they're scoring seven goals. But it seems like they're faster out of the zone. Yep. That they're not. Uh, just their total offense is different. Uh, they don't dump and chase it quite as much. They're a little more, uh, you know, carried over the line get possession um, and then they're involved in the defense more when they're doing that, I think. So um, I, I think that's more of a function of the, the defense than, you know, the dump and chase nature of the team too. And I think that the, I agree. And I think that the defense is looking for the, the forwards further down. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a, uh, that a hallmark of blues teams past is I'm just barely going to clear the zone, right? I'm going to get the puck just out of the zone and then we'll, we'll have 
that third of the, of our own zone not to worry about and then we can worry about the the between the blue lines and then we can worry about the offensive zone i see this defense as it's constructed now in the first five games trying to go from our defensive zone and trying to get into the the neutral zone if not trying to get it with that stretch pass too so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm really really enjoying seeing that element and that i'm seeing from like you said uh falk and uh falcon krug and i just i'm gonna and really enjoy saying that defensive pairing of falcon krug (laughs) but falk's got uh you know two goals two assists and he's a plus five krug is all helpers with five only two of them coming on the power play and he's a plus three so everybody on our back end is plus except for bortuzzo he's a minus one but that that stat alone and i know that you're not a huge fan of the plus minus stat but i think that there's a lot of weight to be put in there and i think the fact that everybody is early pluses and um and are already plus five for both pareko and falk um, and the plus five for Pareko, I think, says way more than the plus five for Falk because Pareko and Scandella are in that shutdown role, and they're a combined plus nine early. Well, I don't like the stat because it includes empty net goals and shorthanded goals. It's not a even stat, and I think that they've been out there for quite a few of those. But uh, I've... I've really liked the play of the kind of non top line defensemen too. Uh, okay. So yeah. S- Scandella has has performed kind of more Agreed. like the season that he got brought over in, and and it seemed uh, I like he seemed like he's skating really well. Um, and then Wallman too. I don't know how much I expected out of him, but he he seemed really speedy and um, is playing well with Bortuzzo and kind of has more of an offensive streak than I was expecting and just uh, uh, has been really solid. And I, 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 I wasn't sure that he would solidify that sixth spot, but it, it, it seems like it's going to be hard for anybody else to break into the lineup right now. Yeah. I, I was, that was going to be my takeaway too, was that the same guys have played in all five games. And I would have thought that either Bortuzzo or Wallman would have been cycled out for Perunovic or Mikola or or somebody, right? Right. But um, they're they're rolling the same five, and and I have no reason to think that uh, uh, I'm sorry they're rolling the same six for the first five, and I've got no reason to think that game six is going to look any different. Uh, you know, COVID uh, protocol notwithstanding. Right. Yeah, and I think that th- those guys will get some spots, but I just think that this is hard to believe that this isn't your set six for, for the season right now. Right. I think this, you're really enthused by what's happened so far. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. It is definitely Wallman and Bortuzzo's uh, spots to lose. I feel like, right. I think that the other two pairings are as close to etched in concrete as you can be five games into the season. Yep. Uh, and, and then, you know, just taking a look at the back end, Bennington's been pretty solid back there. Uh, I, I don't know if those third period kind of 
fizzle outs had anything to do with him. It seemed like uh, he got hung out to dry on a couple of them. But, you know, he's looked fine so far, really strong in that uh, Vegas game. And, um, I, you know, certainly happy with his play. Yeah, I I love that you that you, the that you led with a, a compliment for the guy too, man. I think that he all the goals that I've seen go in against him. So very few. I was if any, I was thinking he should have had that one. You know, he's either screened by his uh, his own guys or he's screened by the the opposition or maybe both, and doesn't have a straight look at it, or he's just has no chance at the shot overall uh you know he's let seven in so far this year and uh his goals against are uh he's at a three five with a save percentage of eight seven nine is what i'm seeing currently on uh on espn um but that's only saying that he started two games so i think that they're missing a game for him in there for their own stats so i wouldn't be surprised if his stats are a bit higher than what they've got there too Mm -hmm. but he um I think that he's played really, really well. And let's just talk about some uh, one of my huge concerns for the year too, that uh, that is you know potentially again what you said first was let's talk about some way too early predictions and and you know reading too much into these things right away. But hey, man, Huso went out there and instead of letting something in on the first shot or first five shots. He shut that shit down and got the Blues their first shutout of the year. Granted, it was against a LA King that is already decimated early with injuries. Yeah. And and that dude's uh I forget the guy's name. Walker. But when Peron went dude that Walker, yeah. That was oh, gross. Man. I couldn't watch. Yeah, no. The second time I had I watched just to make sure that I didn't want to watch it ever again. Or <laughs> you like put the and, one eye on it. And then you like yeah. look more yeah. at the wall <laughs> away from it. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, might have been no, hard no, to see on because that's all I was doing it away from my microphone. <laughs> but yeah. Well, our you we can't see each other's video I know. Right now either. So yeah, it was very hard to see, but I knew exactly <laughs> what you were doing. And I was mimicking it also. So um yeah, man. Uh an an early decimated with Byfield out and and Dowdy and Walker and that. Um, my my pick to be the most improved in there in the Pacific is is looking like they're they're gonna have an uphill battle for sure. But anyway, um, Benner looks good, man, and and Huso's doing what he's called upon to do, and and I think it's gonna be that maybe once every sixth game or fifth game, whenever Huso gets a net, and if he can be serviceable against teams that are down and out and give Benner a rest, then that's his job. So I'm I'm excited. Now, do you think that this start, the shutout, means that he'll get a little more work this year? Will they be more likely to hand over some part of the load? You know, certainly you're not going to get a shutout every every game, but uh, I don't know if you were thinking that he's going to perform like that all the time but when you when you see it 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 makes you think of that possibility at least right sure yeah i mean i i kind of had it as a 60 20 split right 60 games for benner 20 for 
Huso, if that. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a 65 15. Yeah, I obviously get more in that area, even. But, yeah. yeah but if. I, I think that the one game is, is way, way too early. But if we're talking about in the middle of November, if the three or four starts that Huso has, if he's three and zero or two and one with a decent goals against, and you know doesn't uh, doesn't have any of those first five shots going in and and get some offensive help, then then yeah, I think that that would be a very welcome surprise, and I think that. Uh, Barubi would be foolish not to give Bennington a little bit more rest, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, well, that brings us to everybody's favorite segment. Ew, what's that smell? It's this week's installment of Hot, 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 Hot Garbage. Hot Garbage. So... Uh, my hot garbage this week is a, a mea culpa, uh, but I, I, I was, uh, well, I guess I got a penalty at the end of our roller hockey game and was suspended for the next game for, uh, being a, a jerk. I don't know. What, what did I get? Timing? I, I guess. Think, I think it was, I think it I was took timing. A, I took a penalty with three seconds left i guess it was, yeah there wasn't a whole lot of time left but i i really had no idea how much time was left because the clock there doesn't work uh not not even kidding i asked there's six, four six separate times during that game how much time was left and still didn't get a, an answer but uh some yeah. there's some time left and that guy flopped and uh I kind of wish you, you you just left it alone and, and didn't talk to him about it because he he you know took his helmet and went to the bench and complained yeah. about it and then uh, the referee was like uh, hey I should I should kick you out I was like ah, you wouldn't even given me a major or kicked me out for that I was just a penalty with bad timing but you think that I was part of the reason oh, you, got, you oh, got a game I mean I was gonna make you the whole hot garbage. Uh, but I decided against it. I, I think that, I mean, they're just, really? yeah, they're just some referees. They don't want any trouble, man. And you know, the, the bigger deal you make out of it, the, the more hassle the guy gets and he feels pressured into it. And so uh, I, I thought I was doing everybody a solid there, man. He was, he was chirping it. And I just I said, can, man, like I can fight my own battles. He, he, I he knew to stay far away. So, he, he did yeah. it was uh it was just you know hey man there's there's no intent that's all i was saying each time you know there's no intent there he didn't mean to do a damn bit of that he knew it but they kept they kept they kept he, talking he wasn't and... going to score a five goal goal in, in three seconds so he, he chose a, his his path yeah that's big fat no i uh all right man next time uh next time you get in a bind i'll uh uh, I'll keep, I'll keep it buttoned, and I'll uh, I'll hope it all plays out for the best. So it was it what that was hot garbage. I mean, it was the fact that yeah. you got a game for that. That was fucking stupid. Right. That was way way. That was a an overreach the, the, on a. The other on a ref was day. right there too. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. 
Whatever. The little ref, the little ref seemed like he had a bit of an Oedipus complex he's, or some he, shit, and he wanted to. He's grumpy. Get out there and hey, man, that wasn't cool. I don't know if you've got your first pubic hair, man, and I'm pretty sure you're in your in your late thirties. Um, being not and, cool is suspension worthy, apparently, though. Right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my hot garbage this this week goes to. Uh, the the call for the the game that I was watching I forget who's playing but um, I think it was the the announcer um, not man and Rayom who was uh, for for one of the ESPN games hold on do you know who I'm talking about or no oh uh, is it the one who couldn't pronounce Vejmelka? Where, where do you drink your milk from? <laughs> no, uh, um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Vag Malka. It was uh, Leah Hextall, man. Um, I'm not saying that I could do it, right? And and more power to anyone who's going out there and and giving it a shot, but. Whenever she was announcing, it seemed like she was almost, I don't know if the confidence wasn't there yet, but she was almost whispering compared to the other announcers, uh, the other in-game announcer and the color guy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, She was just really, really hard to hear. And, you know, maybe I've gotten spoiled with with Doc Emmerich over the years, but there were just some roles or uh, Doc Emmerich over the years. And, and, and no, I'll be real. Like, yeah, Darren Pang, he, he's good, man. He, he adds a lot to the, the, the broadcast whenever he's not forcing his silly ass sayings down people's throats. Uh, But there were some lulls in the, the play by play. And I thought that it could have been better, but I'm, I'm really hopeful that, uh, that Leah Hextall just, sticks with it and continues and, and gets better and better. And, and she's on that Doc Emmerich level, you know, maybe by the, the, well, not Doc Emmerich level, but she's better off at what she's doing with calling a game, maybe by the 20 game mark. And, and she gets just better every game. But, uh, early on, man, her, her play by play, I would, uh, I would definitely say is hot garbage. Yeah. I, I, uh, caught, one of her games, I don't, it might have been the same game, but I thought kind of the same thing. You know, some some bit of what I even said about Gretzky earlier, just like there was like some bit of low energy or volume yeah. or, you know, some sort of, especially when you have to talk for a long time, that yeah. just having such a monotonous delivery can uh, really make it hard to like, take in the information and it, it seems laborious at times. Right. When, when yeah. just like, uh, uh, like yeah. for, I think it makes the game like come to a pall even it just like slows it down. And yep. yeah. Yep. It, and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they're going to broadcast all these games, there's going to be people getting opportunities. Right. So it, you yeah. certainly, yeah. uh, uh, hope they make the most of it and that that they uh can be fair with how, how they perform and improve right so 
yeah, I think you've got, I think that the the NHL would be right to to commit to to her and her development and and definitely not pull the plug too soon on somebody who's who's learning something and it's unfortunate that you know maybe learning on the fly and you know those those 10:30 you know games against San Jose and and Arizona would be excellent games to to get out there and uh, announce and then she would definitely have plenty of chances to talk about veg Merck and this this net for Phoenix. That's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. I'm sure I've brutalized that dude's name by now. Yep. Well, uh, thanks to you, Eric, for bringing your A game tonight. Hey, you too, buddy. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us this week. Uh, it's fun hearing from people that listen to the podcast uh so please reach out to us through our social medias um if you're john's enemy from uh arkansas <laughs> let us know uh we'll give him a warning but uh or will oh, we, will we? <laughs> uh special thanks to jeremy boyer for the music and greg and nicole for the hot garbage drop yeah uh i've got a dude who uh streams on facebook live uh jr walker and he puts probably 90 percent of the games out there and it makes it so much easier for me to to just watch and stream while i'm getting some other stuff done on my computer if uh if bridge is checking out some other stuff or just overall i don't have access to the game otherwise so Good on you, JR, man. I greatly appreciate your live stream feeds on the We All Bleed Blue Facebook group. Yes. Uh, You could check us out on our own Facebook group, Optional Skate Blues. Uh, Check us out on Twitter at at Blue Skate. And you can join us as we say, Let's Let's Go go blues. Blues. Another six in a row. Or five in a row. Give it, give it, give it. We'll take six. (laughs) 